Hello, welcome to episode 23 of Defense Against the Dark Arts. I'm Paul Mill, and this is uh, this episode is on uh, causal reasoning. Causal reasoning causes. It's a really simple concept, and a lot of people seem to mess it up for some reason. Uh, you think of, I'll, I'll give some definitions here. Really simple stuff. Cause is to make something happen. A relation is an association between things, the manner in which they are associated. That's relation, right? We know these things. We know what cause means. We know what relation means, right? So what's a relation? She is scratching his back. They are associated by her scratching his back. That is the association between those two things. It could be one directional, right? Then there's correlation. That's where a lot of people get screwed up. It's simple. Correlation is a complementary relationship between objects. Complementary is the operative word. A reciprocal relationship. Reciprocal as in reciprocity, not as in uh, inverse. You know, you, not the reciprocal like you flip it. it. Reciprocity, like, you know, two people shaking a hand, right? That's a, re a reciprocal relationship, right? A business dealing. Reciprocal. Two people are getting something out of it, right? So, like, uh, they are scratching each other's back. They are associated by the reciprocal relation of scratching each other's back. Right, so now we got correlation, relation, and cause. We're down, right? So incident. What is an incident? <clears throat> an incident is an event, an occurrence, a happening, an incident. Right? Simple. So what is a coincident? A coincident is are is is are whatever <laughs> two events happening at the same time or same place so it could be happening just at the same time or it could be happening at the same time at the same place not the same point in space probably because i think that's going to go against some law of physics right so coincident two events happening at the same time in space coincident concurrent what does concurrent mean it means some things are happening at the same time. Doesn't mean two it could be a multiple thing, right? Concurrent. You could be having courses that are concurrent. You could have, you know, two events or ten events all happening concurrently, right? And if you're invading some country, you could have concurrent operations, right? So, uh, what, what is? So, what do we have? We have concurrent, coincident. So what's uh, coincidence? Coincidence. People confuse coincidence all the time with coincidence. Coincidence is remarkable. Remarkable. Concurrence of events or circumstances with no apparent core or connection. So what does that mean? Coincidence. A couple of two things or there's two events that are remarkable. Wow, look at that. But there doesn't appear to be a causal relation. So you don't know what cause both these things to happen but they both happen and they're really weird we've all seen coincidences well that's a coincidence right i can't think of one off the top of my head but so it's the appearance of a meaningful connection when there is none there is no connection it just appears like it that is called coincidence that's how we define it right there is no special woo woo that is a coincidence uh, this is uh related to synchronicity this is where we do have a little bit of woo-woo. So if you see something that's a coincidence and you believe that there is some kind of meaning behind it, so that's the difference between synchronicity and coincidence. Now, synchronicity is from 
I don't know if it came from before this, but the earliest I, I think is that Carl Jung wrote a book, I think, called Synchronicity. So it's a remarkable concurrence of events that seem to be meaningfully related. Now, they don't say they are, and they don't say they're not. They just seem to be. That's synch- synchronicity. So it could be meaningfully related. We're not saying they're not. Whereas a coincidence, we are saying there is no <laughs> meaningful connection between the two. Right? So this is just to get the definition straight when we talk about this kind of stuff. So synchronicities have a, may have meaningful connections, right? They may not. The, but this, it's starting to get a little woo-woo. So um, there's also um, anti-correlation. Right, where one of the values goes up when the other value goes down, instead of correlating, instead of two things happening at the same time, you know, both advancing, one goes backwards when the other one goes forwards. That's anti-correlation. And there's a decorrelation, which is the reduction of the overall uh, or removal of, of correlation. So when you're starting to whittle away at something, well, that's that's not really a correlation. You're decorrelating, right? We can decorrelate apparent correlations. There's autocorrelation, which I think is like a, a feedback, you know, where it uh, cross-correlates itself, um, you know, from a, from a different instance in time. But this is getting beyond the scope. Um, so another, we talked about empirical as well. That, that's an important thing. Empirical means observation. That's all it means. Empirical evidence means somebody observed it. When we observe a magic trick, right? We're observing it. We're fooled. So empirical does not mean irrefutable and doesn't mean what you see is the truth because we can easily be fooled by phantom connections, but empirical just means it's observed. So you observed the magician putting a metal ring through another metal ring. You observe that that's empirical evidence, even though you know it's wrong, right? You may not know that the, the ring has a little, uh, highly machined, highly accurate little, uh, carabiner type clip that opens up and you can slip the ring through the other ring, right? You may not know that, but uh, doesn't mean you didn't observe it, right? So cogent, what does cogent mean? Clear, logical, and convincing. And you think of a concept, that's another one we need to know. Concept is ideas or notions that are in your mind. That's what is a concept, right? That's it's ideas or concepts that are in your mind. And so then that brings you to cognition, right? What is cognition? Cognition is the process of acquiring knowledge and understanding it through experiences. So now we, I think we got enough definitions to start this one off, right? We're not going to be using all these, but you need to know the, the nuance because a lot of people think they know what a word means and then they like, well, no, I don't really. That's, that's the nuance, the difference, right? So anyway, so causal arguments are phantom connections. I did a whole episode on phantom connections earlier and the gist is that uh, all the evidence you have may logically point to one and only one conclusion, but uh, we are not omniscient, right? We don't know all the evidence. We just have a limited amount of evidence, our subjective you know, view. So there may be evidence we don't have, and therefore our inferences are only presumptions. And we may be completely wrong, despite all the evidence currently pointing to that one conclusion that is a phantom connection this happens countless times in all of our lives throughout the history of the species right and this is a vector of attack if a manipulator only allows their targets to 
to access certain evidence, the target will make fallacious phantom connections. They will come to the wrong conclusion or the right conclusion, depending if you're the manipulator or not. So if you're the manipulator, you want them to come to the conclusion you want them to, which may be a false conclusion. It's not a true conclusion or a conclusion based on truth. It's a conclusion based on whatever fabricated uh, scenario they've created. It's like magic, right? The magicians do the exact same thing. They want you to come to the conclusion that they want you to come to, not what the true conclusion is. Not that there's a carabiner type uh, latch in the in the metal rings or whatever, right? This is why control of information is of critical critical importance to the manipulator, and freedom of information is of critical is of critical importance to those who seek the truth. So you have like abusive spouses who control information available to their targets. You have abusive governments that control the information available to their targets. We have cults that control information that's available to their targets. We have ideological wackos like Marxists who seek to control the information to their targets. Now we have big tech controlling the information to their targets. So by definition, non-deductive arguments cannot be proven. Now, I'm not going to talk about casually, causally, causally, yeah, it's causally sufficient uh, reasoning because, you know, remember there's, there's sufficient, right? And, 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 and uh, what's the other one? Sufficient and uh, necessary conditions, right? When you, when you use normal uh, deductive logic, but uh, I'm not going to talk about uh, sufficient or causally uh, necessary uh, causally sufficient or causally necessary conditions because I think it's all bullshit since this is non-deductive logic, right? And uh, so does this mean we have to throw out causal reasoning altogether? No, of course not. We we sometimes have to uh, consider arguments whose premises do not prove anything, but they only give it support. So this is what we do when we look for plausible arguments. Now, we just because it's plausible doesn't mean it's true. I mean, we need to remember that. And a lot of people have a hard time making a judgment and then not re, re, remembering that that judgment is an absolute fact. It's just the best judgment you made at the time, and it is open for you know revisal. <laughs> so we, we suppose, we got to remember what we suppose, and we must uh, presume, we must seek cogent explanations uh we, we have to be as rigorous as we can when trying to find the elusive truth it's like a hunt and we don't know who our enemies are and we don't know who's throwing shade and we don't know who's illuminating and we don't know who our friends are and we don't know you know we know we can't be so naive as to believe everyone we know this especially you know, since that defies logic, because we know there's people that are trying to sabotage us, right? We we could see uh, who's who's close-minded, and therefore they're a, a source of false information. People that are typically close-minded generally are going to be wrong, because they jump to a conclusion and then they hold on to that conclusion, and that conclusion more than likely is wrong. So whatever they're saying is more than likely wrong. Doesn't mean they're wrong about everything, but on the whole, you could be guaranteed <laughs> that they're wrong about most things. So we can prune away the low-lying branches by just dismissing what close-minded people say. And we hear them all the time. So common sense does go a long way if we, if we remember that our presumptions can be wrong. So background assumptions are required for causal reasoning. 
So cause and effect, right? So causal reasoning. I hope you could see the potential for manipulation using causal reasoning, especially if a manipulator is willing to take the time to distort your background assumptions like all grifters are. So these people are willing to take that time to get you your background assumptions to be a certain thing, like in the news media, you know, all this divisive racial racial hate that's being thrown against white people. And if there's anybody protesting thing, well, they must be white Nazis or white, white supremacists or white nationalists. The government, especially in Canada, they do this all the time. The leftists, They'll say, if anybody's protesting something they don't like them protesting, they'll they'll start throwing names at them, calling like these divisive names because they're working not just on trying to, to um, discredit the people that are protesting. They're trying to build up the background assumptions that there are. Oh, look at all these! We're being surrounded by all these evil white nationalists. So it's it's a it's a building. It's a long term grift as well as a short term trying uh, discrediting tactic. So causal claims have a great amount of power and are subject subject to uh, misuses and misuses. Jeez, I can't talk today. And uh, misinterpretation by both those making the causal claims and those listening to them. Right? There's there's two ways of you miscommunicating. You can either say it not properly, and the person understands it but they're, they understand the wrong version, or you could say it properly and the person miscomprehends what you're saying. They don't get it. That's probably what happens a lot of the time. But there's a lot of chance of people miscommunicating things, even when they're trying to communicate things properly. This is the problem with communication, right? We've all had an argument where the uh, your, your opposition disinterprets what we say not misinterprets, they disinterpret. This is where they intentionally are misinterpreting our meaning. So they're disinterpreting. We immediately see it because we know what we meant and we know that they know what we meant. You could tell by the way they're disinterpreting, right? But others listening may not. Sometimes disinterpretation is there merely to annoy you as they know they can't refute you. So they just try to disinterpret. Oh, well, you meant this. No. It's not what I meant. I meant what I said, right? So the idea is to interpret what you mean and to spin it to appear to mean something else as quickly as possible. It's a version of the straw man fallacy. But causal reasoning is the bread and butter of liars and propagandists. This is the most important part of this discourse, (laughs) right? Causes and correlations. So two separate events that happen concurrently may have no correlation. This is critical to understand, right? A lot of people, when they argue causes and correlations, they assume only one definition of this, and I'm going to give you five. So the, the, the best causal argument can claim evidence points to a certain way. So we can only presume the claim knowing that it may not be true. So here's the five five correlations so the five types of correlations so there's a causes b so some event a causes an event b that's the one that everybody sort of assumes but it could also be b causes a or some other event c causes both a and b and that's known as a common cause Uh, a and b could just be coincident with no cause or correlation between them like someone getting on a bus 
over there and somebody riding their bike across the the road over there. Those are two uh, events that are happening at the same time, right? There's a there's a correlation because they're happening at the same time. But that that doesn't mean you know. There's no cause that caused both of those things to happen, right? Maybe if you go back and you get so oh, the spawn of life, whatever, blah, blah, blah. That is insane to go back to that far, right? So, so A and B, this is the last one now is A and B, or A is B. So there is no correlation. The cor- or I guess there is a correlation. The correlation is identity, not causality. So A is B. So I better give some examples here. So eat here uh, a lot with alcoholism and depression. So alcoholism, A causes B, alcoholism causes depression, or maybe it's B causes A, depression causes alcoholism, or maybe there's some other event C that causes both A and B. Just living in a crappy situation, you know, causes both alcoholism and depression. (laughs) That seems a little more plausible, right? Or A and B are just coincident. You know, the dude just happens to be depressed and drunk and there's no correlation between the two. <laughs> if maybe if you get make him so he's not depressed, maybe he's still drunk. Or if you maybe, uh, you know, the other way around. So, and then there's A is B. So maybe I need another example for this. So anti-nationalism does not cause globalism. Maybe globalism is anti-nationalism. So, you know, one, a lot of people say, oh, anti-nationalism is a cause for globalism. Well, no, <laughs> the globalism is anti-nationalism. Actually, I, I think globalism, I'm going to do a video on globalism. I think globalism is more about just the 1% trying to rule the world with total uh, hegemony. Hegemony? Hegemony. I like hegemony better than the other definition or pronunciation. All right. So when it comes to finding the truth, uh, there is no shame in not knowing There is a shame in claiming to know and not knowing. Sometimes we get hung up on on a question because it's the wrong question or it it doesn't have an answer because we have some wrong assumptions or the answer is not congruent with our current schemata. Sometimes we need to change how we look at something before we can ask a question that leads to the truth. The real question might be, do we really want to know that truth? (laughs) Will that bring us a greater happiness over suffering ratio, right? Of course, that depends on the context. But uh, science works because we have feedback with with objective reality. And this is the whole thing with causation and correlation, you know, the different types, right? So the feedback, uh, the reality, objective reality is the feedback, the cause and effect. And that reality feedback is one thing and causal reasoning is another. They are not the same thing. One is objective truth in context, and the other is a guess, because it's non-deductive. Right? We're in the inferences are uh, uh, inductive, using causal reasoning, and a lot of times it's wrong because people are just jumping to assumptions when they have two different things that are happening at the same time in statistics. Like crazy, you see this all the time in the news. There's often parts of our minds that. Uh, that believes something and another part of your mind that wants to believe the opposite. Maybe that's just me. <laughs> I don't know, but it's interesting to see what some people of science uh, want to believe, you know, which things they believe on faith as fact, like dark matter or the inflationary epic 
of the Big Bang and what things they choose to ignore despite the evidence, like Jacques Sink Mars, uh, or two plus two equals four, or consciousness, you know, getting all woo-woo. You should really Google Jacques Sink Mars and his stories enlightening on the 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 fallacies of, of science here. Not not to say science is fallacious, but it's not, you know, as it's being portrayed by a lot of those in the media. Jacques Sink Sink Mars is C I N Q hyphen M A R S Sink Mars. Jacques Sink Mars. Google that guy. His stories enlightening. So at times um, we don't know or understand the mechanism and say it exists like dark matter or like the inflationary epic. We don't understand how it all of a sudden inflated at a rate like that. Like there's no, there's no, right? But we believe it exists. And there's other times when we don't understand the, the mechanism and we claim things don't exist because we don't understand the mechanism. So this is this is a little bit of insane. You know, this is, uh, or oh, this time we, we think it's this. So yeah, we'll believe it. This time, for the very same reason, we're not going to believe it, which is crazy. Right? Humans are insane. Anyway, so on that note, I think that's it for this one. Uh, see you next uh, episode. I think it's going to be on uh, analogs, analogical reasoning. <laughs>